Hey folks, Brendan here from Blue Light, and this is the only place you need to be to find out all you need to know about police recruitment. Actually, this is a podcast with a bit of a twist because this one is just about recruitment. So today, I was absolutely delighted to be on Yorvik Radio, which is York in North Yorkshire's local radio station, uh, on the breakfast show with Nick Love, the presenter, where we talked about interview skills and what people need to start doing more of to get a job, because it's not just as simple as tipping up and being yourself and acting naturally and hoping that you can wing it. So I'd like to invite you to join me now and listen to a replay of my discussion with Nick, uh, where we talked about, like I said, all sorts of things to do with uh, recruitment and interview skills. So if you know anyone outside of police recruitment who's struggling, with an interview that they've got coming up ahead of them or as one of my clients said to me recently hey my friend's gonna be perfect for this she sucks at interviews if you know anyone like that then point them in the direction of this podcast because it might just be the one thing that makes a huge difference in their future i hope so all right pin years back folks here is your vic radio nick love and my good self talking about interview skills i'll see you at the next one bye bye for now Talking about the job market and earning promotion. And, well, it is a common theme at the moment, job losses, isn't it? And it's not going to get any better for a while. So if you're currently on the market for your next opportunity, maybe you need a little help. uh, Because there are now many, many applications for a lot less jobs. And when you get that interview, you need to maximise the opportunity. Well, I tell you what. We think we can help. And I'm delighted to welcome back to York, uh, Brendan O'Brien. He is an acknowledged specialist in recruitment training. But as we've heard before on this show, he formerly had an illustrious career in Greater Manchester Police as a neighbourhood police inspector, lauded by Prime Minister's Home Secretaries, who called him inspirational. Hi, Brendan. Good morning, Nick. My goodness. That's I tell great. you what, I can, you know, I, I, I can't see you, but I can see, yeah, I can hear you blushing. <laughs> <laughs> Was that really me? Well, I tell you what, I tell you what. The thing about it is that we left you, uh, and we left uh, listeners to 11 in the morning on a, a, a bit of tender hooks, because we discussed, obviously, last time, the importance of community policing, your role in that as a bit of a pioneer. But we left off where you retired from the police and went to the next step of your career. I mean, the one thing I suppose that piqued my interest is first of all you're at the top of your game why did you retire from the police and where did you go next well i could have stayed on a couple more years but i had 28 years in the police service in the cheshire constabulary the bermuda police of all places for three years that was awesome and then in greater manchester police and i hit the age of 50 and thought one my children are young and i'd like them not to see me working nights and things like that and and two could i do something different with my life what what fresh challenges are there out there and i'm pleased to say those fresh challenges have seen me work with the european union work with police forces speak at conferences but the thing i really love doing my passion is helping people to succeed in joining the police so there's there's over five thousand people now in the police service as a result of my support which is You know, it's an honour and a privilege. Uh, It really is. It's an honour and a privilege. But it wasn't always like that. I wasn't... Everyone thinks I'm like the interview guru. Mm. But it's not always been like that. You know, if if it's okay, can I share just a little moment with you about when, when my interview skills were awful? Yeah, no, do. Because everybody thinks that you acquire knowledge magically and you don't, do you? 
No, it's not by osmosis. So in the late 90s, early noughties, I applied internally for two amazing positions within the police that would have seen me go on a secondment from Greater Manchester Police, take on national responsibilities. And, you know, everyone kept telling me, you're a, you're a natural at this, Brendan. Uh, just be yourself. You'll be amazing. Just act naturally. And I believed everyone. And I went for the interviews. And they were an absolute train wreck. Wow. Um, I failed both of them miserably. I can still remember the chief inspector's face giving me feedback, shaking his head, just saying, what happened? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> and so that was the moment where I just thought, I'm never going to allow that happen to me again. So since then, I've succeeded at every internal interview, every external interview. I got work with the European Union. You know, it was, it was unpaid, but it was just amazing. I got to travel around the European Union, helping them formulate better community policing uh, strate- strategies. Um, but the thing I worked on all the time was improving those interview skills and helping others internally when I was a police officer. And since then, developing them to the point where, you know, we talk about the odds. If there's 50 people going for a position, people talk about sometimes saying, oh, I've got 51 in cha- 50 in one chance. No, you haven't. You've got a one in one chance if you prepare. And so how did I do this? Well, I, pivoting all the way back to the time when I failed miserably, I started working on technique, uh, started researching interview technique. I went back to university and studied for a master's in education where I focused on personnel evaluation systems. Listen, I geek out on this stuff. <laughs> I, seriously, <laughs> I seriously geek out on this stuff. My ho- you wouldn't believe my holiday reading back 20 years ago, actually now. Um, and so what I've realized through so many people saying, do you know, Brendan, I didn't actually get into the police, but I am now doing dream job B, dream job C. Uh, the police wasn't right for me. I'm now doing something completely different. And it's because of the techniques that I've shown them, uh, the structures that I've shown them. And, and these are things that you won't find anywhere in the books because some of the stuff in the books, I mean, really? Some of the stuff on the recruitment websites I see is just dreadful. It's awful. And, and I, I, I you know, suppose that's where we are now. That's where we are now. And I suppose one of the great things is that you're working with these people one-on-one. Uh, books are generic, aren't they? Whereas, and, and uh, yeah, they can give you some truisms and some some generalities. But I guess with with someone like yourself, who I mean, I have been having a look at the website. Your hit rate, your your success rate is is massive. I mean, I was I was genuinely shocked. So you can back that up with facts and figures. So yeah. with regards to um, you, you know, you did you identify some key errors and misjudgments people make when they're preparing for that interview absolutely yeah so they're they're similar to the mistakes that i made you know they 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 believe the hype around them that uh, you just need to act naturally and you just need to be yourself well there is an element of authenticity in the interview um but you know what i what i get from most of my clients is a complete and utter lack of understanding as to what preparation they should be doing to succeed in any interview and they believe that similar hype that they just need to be themselves and almost like I'll wing it on the day and oh I'm sure I'll think of something to say but listen you've you've got to hit you know there's a balance between authenticity being your real true authentic and emotional self but also you've got to say the right things to be to enable the interviewers to actually mark you against the criteria that they have in front of them gone are the days of um, you know, oh yeah, yeah, this seem, seems like good bloke. Uh, yeah, that's that's the one. A thumbs up, thumbs down yeah. assessment. No, there's complicated HR systems behind 
the interview process and sometimes the assessment processes where people have got to do role plays or presentations or written exercises. You know, it's a little bit more now than just a 10-minute nod and a wink interview because your dad's friends with the chairman of the board. It doesn't work like that anymore. And so what we've got to do is to be able to plan for the structure that they're going to put in front of you. And, and this is what I call interview hacking. So we, we literally hack the process, starting from the actual initial advert and job description to the description of what's going to happen on the day, and importantly, things like the assessment criteria that they're going to be using. And from that, we can predict the questions with a sort of 90-degree um, certainty, and from there, we can start structuring how we're going to answer them. And that's the sort of planning that's going to reduce the odds from one in 50 chance to a one in one chance and honestly that's what people have got to do now you know if you've got you know you've got an interview coming up ahead of you now is the time now is the time to start practicing and taking action on a daily basis to get your skills interview skills to the point where you're going to nail it because the hard work is in the rehearsal not on the day of the performance it's interesting what you say about almost reverse engineering the the criteria and looking into that and and working back um to what extent do people have to be you know sort of salespeople for themselves in other words strategically plan every part of that interview so that they're not leaving stuff to chance i remember a famous quote i think it was by uh, matthew pinsent with regards to he said you know we we don't uh, train to win we train to remove the chance of failure and I, you know, I like that idea of looking at it from a different perspective. Um, to what extent do they have to look at things like the company culture and uh, not just, you know, whether they're qualified academically, but the, the sort of hinterland that they bring with regards to themselves to the role? Oh, yeah. So one of the questions might be something like, um, you know, what skills or values are you going to be able to offer our organisation? to help it improve and this is where you've got to absolutely plug into the dna of the organization so just in terms of the the, the police recruitment stuff i do in my webinars i do these webinars with sometimes 20 or 30 people it's like a master class if you like and i'll ask them questions just randomly like so who's the name of the, what's the name of the chief constable what are the strategic strategic priorities for the force what challenges are they facing at this moment in time um what's the chief had to say recently in the press so uh, and most people just don't know the answers to those questions. You know, only like one in 50 will know the answers to all of those questions. Mm. So they're not plugging into the culture of the organization. And they're not plugging into the, like I said, the, the DNA. So that the, the challenge for my clients, and this is, you know, applies to any organization, whether it's Starbucks, whether it's you know, the probation service, uh, Sheffield Council, community safety officers that someone have just been helping someone to join them. Uh, same with the probation service, helping someone a few days ago to join the probation service. It's the same model. You need to know more about the organization than the assessor does because that shows you've done your homework. It shows that you're interested. You know, if you, if you, don't, know the, if you don't know what's going on in that organization, why would I want to employ you? You know, I've got no motivation at all to employ you. You might come across as being an outstanding candidate, but if you're not genuinely interested in what we do, why would I employ you? To what extent is the CV, is that just literally to get the, the interview and then it puts you almost on a, a par with other people? Um, do people overestimate the importance of that and underestimate the importance of, you know, exactly what you've, uh, you, you've outlined there, company culture and, and basically researching the job role more fully? 
you know, I'm, I'm no expert in CVs, you know, I'm not going to pretend that, that I am, um, because in the police sector you don't actually need to put a CV forward, but it, it, it's, it's the same principle that, you know, I hear people saying, well, I need to do a bit of work on my CV. No, you need to do a little bit of work and a lot of work on your CV every time you put it in front of a future employer, because they will be looking for key things in your CV, and if your CV is so uh, generic that it can fit multiple roles then I will screen you out because clearly you've not taken the time and the interest to adapt your CV for the role that you're applying for. So the key, the it's the same process of reverse engineering, this hacking the process so that in the job description, in the advert, it will mention key things that they're looking for. So you need to include those key things in your CV. If, you're, if those key things aren't in your CV, then you're going to get screened out by software. It's not even by a person. Yeah. You will get screened out by software. And don't think that you can lie <laughs> or be <laughs> economical with the truth because listen, a lot of my friends um, I've, that I've spoken to and researched this, they are the owners of businesses or they do the interviewing. And I remember one of them um, who runs uh, hedge funds in the city, probably not the best time to be running hedge funds, but mm-hmm. um, he was talking about how they needed some IT, certain IT specialists that had ex- precise skills that they were looking for. And he just tested it with the first question he asked was, tell me how you would implement X, Y, and Z in our organization. And he said out of the, the 10 people that were sent to them by the recruitment agency, not one of them could answer that question. Blimey. You know, so that's, the, that's what I mean about the lack of research and just putting forward something generic because they're not always going to ask competency questions. Tell me about a time when. They may ask questions about values. Um, what, what's the, like I said, what's the biggest challenge for our organisation? How do you believe, feel you'll be able to help us meet those challenges? You know, these are tough questions. And unless you plan for them and practice them, that's the thing that's really needed. Practice, 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 practice. And, and- taking taking action on a daily basis but recognizing that that action is not always going to be perfect something i like to call imperfect action recognizing that we're working towards perfection and you're not going to get it right first time and another elephant trap i've always found is uh, the old open-ended question tell me a bit about yourself that's so uh, vast i mean how do you approach that because uh, most people you know think oh they want to know i'm a good time guy you know and i'm a nice person or whatever but uh, th- there is something behind that i'm guessing yeah absolutely so um it's an opener and a lot of organizations that have researched and including the police will say you know this this question is not being assessed it's just to you know is an icebreaker of course it's being assessed it might not be being assessed formally but it's being assessed by the individuals who are doing the interview because they're working out what sort of person you are and if we think about it as less of, less of an interview and more about a, a conversation with one of your future colleagues then they are desperately interested to see if you're the sort of person you they can work with so they don't want to know about i like to go on holiday in ibiza my star sign is scorpio my favorite color is purple they want to know your story of how you were inspired and motivated to go from where you were before to where you are now sat in front of them either virtually or face to face what's your story and you're telling the chapters of those stories about why you came to believe that you're going to be a good fit in their organization so tell me about a little bit about yourself does not mean you know i'm a i'm a happy-go-lucky person and everyone always tells me i'm super confident and i think i'd be great in your organization no this is like a two or three minute story of where you've been 
what you've done on your journey to get to where you are now sat in front of them and uh, you could even take it further and say you know what you'd hope to achieve within their organization and this requires the homework you know if you start talking about things that they don't want to achieve why would they want to employ you this is serious stuff folks it needs more than just a 10 minute brush up on the morning of the interview uh, because that is not going to cut it and with some with regards to key competencies obviously uh, you need to be qualified for it and there needs to be some key criteria you meet but to what extent are companies these days looking for rounded individuals as well someone that can bring you know uh, something else to the job not just literally a, a narrow niche competency yeah i think there's there's definitely something there about um coming across as someone who is uh, we talked about this last time uh, has a level of citizenship within them that they they are not just their work they are not defined by their work they have something else about them so one of the things i encourage people to do before covid um, and and since covid I, I encourage them to do similar things is get involved you know get involved and and the excuse of i don't have the time yes you do you've just got to make it and give up something else in your life because this is important so get involved in doing something that, that demonstrates active citizenship so I, I put this to my friends who do interviews in various organizations and saying given a choice between a graduate who's got a 2-1 and another graduate who's got a first uh, the graduate who's done it got a first all they've done is just work 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 at, at university they've got a first and they had a part-time job to help fund them uh, candidate b with the 2-1 not quite as high a qualification, uh, spent every Friday and Saturday night supporting the homeless and the vulnerable on the streets of Manchester or York or wherever it might be. Hmm. Which one would you take? And uh, every one of them has always said, I'd take candidate B at the drop of a hat. Because they're demonstrating that they've got something about them. They're demonstrating that they will, they will do more than is necessary. They'll give 120% without being asked to do so. And they've got some character. Um, so this is where I think, you know, sometimes I think universities fail people because out of the hundreds and thousands of people I've spoken to are graduates, I ask them, so what sort of support did you get to help you prepare for your future career? And it seems to be uh, limited to a few handouts. I said, no, I hope, I hope uh, it's one of the York University stroke colleges. I don't want to embarrass them by saying which one it is, but one of them suggests that employers like to see that you're capable of taking on new challenges. So this weekend, maybe if you've not done it before, consider baking a cake. Really? You know, if, if you went to an interview and said, you know, I'm willing to take on new challenges, uh, I'll give you an example of that. Last weekend, I baked a cake for the first time. I just look at them aghast and think, what, what are you on about? What really, what really, what planet are you on? I mean, come on. That's awful of plants. I don't want to name the, it's, you know, local to your, that's yeah. what I'm going to say. If they could unbake the cake, I tell you what, I'll give them a job uh, yesterday. I mean, but, but baking a cake is just, well, it's ingredients, it's following um you know a, a set path so um you have specialized i know in recruitment for the police but i know that you you do a lot more than that uh, and this is something I, i'm fascinated about this this sort of interview hack um what are your plans for actually taking this for because if people do want to get in touch with you if you've you know lit something in them and they want to know more how can they do so well, I've, I've set up a Facebook group and a Facebook page for this because, you know, I, and, and this is my, my, my gift, you know, people say, well, why are you driven to do this? Well, I make a, a reasonable living out of supporting and helping people to join the police. That, that's my living, you know, that, that's what I do. And I've, I'm retired from the police, you know, I, I paid into a good pension. So financially, I'm okay. So 
But I, I, if you if you spent a life in service, it, there's something within you. There's just like this calling uh, to help people. And I know it sounds cliche, but I, I see the news every day and I hear about redundancies and people coming off furlough and not having jobs. And I feel for them. And I've spoken to some people who've like, well, I've been in a, this position for 20 years. I don't I don't know what to do with an interview. And I just think, well, I've got this gift. I've got these skills which are so valuable for you. And so I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you my guidance. I'm going to give you my support. And there's no fee for it. I'm doing this because I want people to succeed and be the best version of themselves and not get caught up in in, in this sort of downward spiral of I'm never going to get out of this. And so if people want genuinely want to have that help and support, I will give it. I will give it them, and they just need to go onto Facebook and look for uh, the interview hacker. Right. They just type in interview hacker into Facebook groups or looking for a Facebook page. They'll find my group, and if they ask to join, I'll let them in. And uh, if they, uh, the, the part, the deal is here: you become part of a community and you help support each other. So the the blue light police. Facebook support group, the one for the police, has got almost 14,000 people in it. Wow. It's an awesome group. There's, almost, there's over 40,000 posts and comments and reactions every month. And it's a community of people who help support each other. And that's the deal. You know, don't just think you're going to take if you come to this group. You've got to be prepared to give and stay and help and support and enable others. And that's the deal. And I think that's a fair deal. <laughs> I think that's a very, very fair deal. Well, uh, Brendan, as usual, I thank you for your time. What I'd like to do, though, is get you back in a couple of weeks to talk about that in a lot more detail, because I, I feel we've just, uh, you know, got the tip of the iceberg with regards to interview hacking and also with regards to that Facebook page. So if you'd be kind enough, how about coming back in a couple of weeks' time and talking further about that? I'd love to, and actually what might be interesting is talking about some specific cases um, and looking at some specific job uh, adverts and not just saying this is what I think you should do, but talking through what we've done in the interview hacking group to help support each other uh, so that people get that job. That's that's the key. That's the mission. Get well, people into the, the job that they need and want now. We'll buy into that, Brian. Uh, Brendan, we'll Brian, uh, buy into that. So, Brendan O'Brien, I thank you for your time. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. That'd be awesome. Thanks very much, Nick. Catch up soon. Cheers. Bye.